pandemic, a filovirus. We called it the blood plague. It attacked the viscera, the liver, spleen, intestines, filling with blood till the abdomen burst. Environmental catastrophe, droughts, famine, antibiotic failure. Agricultural collapse followed. Full population collapse. About more than seven billion people over four decades or so. And then came the end. domestic terrorist attack in the United States. They blew up a nuclear missile silo. Spring Creek, North Carolina. Jesus Christ. That's where I live. Hey guys, it's KJ from the scariest movie ever. And yes, the Great Reset is upon us, the Great Reset that nobody asked for. But we realize why they're doing this. They're about to collapse every aspect of this world so they can rebuild like the phoenix from the ashes, like the phoenix on your dollar bill. This was a Freemason plan that was put into effect many, many years ago, and now it is time for them to destroy America Babylon to bring in the Antichrist and the one world system, the one world religion. We're on the doorstep of tribulation. The Great Reset is just the terminology they're using for the total destruction of everything. Once they rebuild this new system, the only way you're going to be able to participate in it is with the mark of the beast. And I've been watching all of this come upon the earth for 16 years now. And right now, if you look around you in the world and you have the eyes to see and the ears to hear, you can't help but notice that prophetically, things are bouncing off the charts. Speaking of which, you may have heard of this uh, UN Climate Conference, COP27. This happened about a week ago. Religious leaders from every major religion were brought together at Mount Sinai, where they were given an identical set of 10 new environmental commandments and you can see those over on the left hand side the interfaith center that arranged this ritual states that deep changes in attitude and heart are required by religious leaders who are expected to preach the same globalist environmentalism to all of their followers they're making sure all the religions are covered with their environmental nonsense they hide behind this climate change and these green agendas they give us this idea that they're building a utopia for humanity. It's going to be beautiful and we'll all live together and be happy. Most of us realize this is total nonsense. It's a lie. It's a deception. The system they're bringing in is going to be all about control. And the only people who are going to survive are those that bend a knee to that system. Those that accept that mark of the beast. And of course, it's interesting that they chose Mount Sinai. That's where the ritual aspect of all this comes in. 
Mount Sinai is where Moses came down with the Ten Commandments in the Bible. As Moses came down Mount Sinai with the Ten Commandments that were given to him by the Lord God, he realized that the people in the city were performing rituals to Baal. Once these young mothers sacrificed their children to the devil, in their minds they're free from the bondage, free from the chains of motherhood, so they engage in orgies as well. When Moses set his eyes upon this, he smashed the tablets. So once again, we have the ritual that just took place at Mount Sinai, where activists smashed the tablets atop Mount Sinai to launch their faith-based climate push. Most of us around here understand the history of the Georgia Guidestones, and we know that the Georgia Guidestones were recently destroyed. I did some videos on that as well. Once again, these are rituals that take place before our very eyes. It's the occult at work, which is hidden before your very eyes. And now we see the connection to the destruction of the Georgia Guidestones to this new Ten Commandments for climate change. Because if you just go down the list and you look at them, and I suggest you do sometime, you'll see how they line up. The very first, when we are stewards of this world and then maintain humanity under, right, in perpetual balance with nature. Number two, creation manifests destiny. Number two, guide reproduction wisely, improving fitness and diversity. Number three, everything in life is interconnected. Unite humanity with a living new language. And that reminds me of the Tower of Babel once again, and it, it mirrors that perfectly, really, because that's what this is going to do. You're trying to bring everybody into one, right? Everybody into one. And the Bible tells us that's going to happen in these end days. A one-world leader, a one-world religion, one-world monetary system. Everybody back into one as they attempted to do the Tower of Babel many, many years ago. And of course, at its heart, this whole ritual that took place with the New Ten Commandments is mockery to the Lord God. If you didn't already know this, the Bible literally has the answer to all these questions. All these questions we have here in the end of days, why is this happening? Why is this taking place? It's in the Word. This right here explains what's happening with uh, the whole climate change and, uh, and green agenda. They exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshipped and served created things rather than the Creator who is forever praised. This is from the New International Version. You can check other versions as well. But essentially what it's saying is, you know, we're worshiping Mother Earth, right? Instead of the Lord God. We're worshiping the creation aside from the creator. And when we look at the big picture of what's taking place right now, who is it that's behind this great reset? Who is it that's behind uh, the climate change and the green agenda? And always we seem to find uh, the United Nations and then, of course, World Economic Forum. And right here we see World Economic Forum and the UN Science Strategic Partnership Framework. And let me show you something really interesting about this. This is from Revelation 2.13. It states, I know where you live, where Satan has his throne, yet you remain true to my name. You did not renounce your faith in me, not even in the days of Antipas, my faithful witness, who is put to death in your city, where Satan lives. So, where is this city that Satan lives? Where is this city that Satan has his throne? Which brings us to this. Where was Antipas martyred? 
The traditional account goes on to say Antipas was martyred during the reign of Nero by burning in a brazen, bull-shaped altar at the Apollyon Temple in Lyon, Geneva, Switzerland. So I went to a search engine and typed in where is the CERN Hadron Collider located and it comes up with Geneva, Switzerland, which is interesting. But there's more. So then I typed in another one, where is the United Nations headquarters in Europe? And of course that's Geneva, Switzerland. But wait, there's more. So then I asked where is the WEF located, World Economic Forum, and as you can see, Geneva, Switzerland. So we find mention in the Bible of Satan's seat, Satan's throne here on this earth. And now in that very same area, we find three organizations that are primarily focused on ending the world as we know it and bringing in that final beast system, that final antichrist system. I find this very interesting. Here's something else of interest concerning the United Nations. What you're looking at is Mount Hermon. And according to the Book of Enoch, this is where the fallen angels first landed when they came to the earth. It's very interesting to note that at the highest point of Mount Hermon sits a United Nations office, and that's what you're looking at right here. Also, appropriately enough, right next to the UN symbol or sign sits an eight-pointed star of Lucifer on Mount Hermon where it's alleged the fallen angels first landed. It's believed by some that that's where the United Nations got the color blue for their helmets because some of the fallen angels were Hindu gods and many of these Hindu gods were blue in color. And speaking of Hindu gods, they recently launched this world's tallest Shiva statue in India. And then you may remember back in 2015, goddess Kali was projected onto the Empire State Building, among other demonic manifestations. You're looking at Louis XIV of France. And it's very interesting. In the year 1666, yes, the 666, and 33.33 degrees north of the equator, and that's where Mount Hermon sits. And when you look at a third of the angels falling, that's again, you get your 33.33, so you're beginning to see how all this lines up. Also, we understand that the number 33 is very important in Freemasonry, and there's different degrees in Freemasonry as you uh, go up the steps. And there's different degrees in Freemasonry. You see they have the 33 on the pyramid and then the 33 degrees at the top. But I tend to think that the 33 degrees is a reference to the different steps of Freemasonry and also the fallen angels. And here's one more very interesting observation. According to the Encyclopedia Britannica, Hermon means forbidden place. Very interesting seeing how all of this lines up. 
So this is the beast system, and we find symbols of the beast everywhere. And you're seeing the symbols right here of the beast system, taking us back to Egypt, fallen angel, utopia. And this right here is on the headquarters for Pfizer. And right here, of course, on headquarters for Pfizer, you see one of the primary symbols of this beast system that contains us all. It's the all-seeing eye, specifically the eye of Ra. Okay, I'll bite. What does that mean? Hey Zeus, she's biting. Yeah. Well, hold on to your shit. You ready for this? Cause this is Nietzsche's abyss, man. The deeper you look into this, the deeper it looks into you. I'm talking Chapel Perilous oh, here. Oh, hold on. You lost me like days ago. First of all, what the hell is the Chapel Perilous? It's a place, it's a crossroads that when you stumble upon it, you're never the same again. When you pass through the Chapel Perilous, you come out either a wary agnostic or you come out kicking and screaming as they drag your friends and loved ones away into the darkness. I don't understand. Well, you will. You will. Okay, now, this. Besides being the seal of the United States of America. Well, now, uh, this also happens to be the uh, logo for a secret society called the Bavarian Illuminati, which was formed in uh, May of 1776, which some claim masterminded both the American and French revolutions. Here you go. Now you have the pyramid, right? Many ruled by less progressively until all are ruled by one, the all-seeing eye, New World Order. Now some claim that the Illuminati now, today, secretly rules the world, orchestrates it at all levels spearheaded by the ultra-powerful Round Table of Nine. In his video, he is calling for people to stop eating meat and that we need to start working towards a net zero carbon output. So that means no warming your home, nothing involving coal, and no driving your car, no gasoline, no diesel. I mean, of course, they're not gonna stop flying in their airplanes, of course, they're not going to stop eating meat. Everything surrounding this climate stuff is really about world control and could absolutely be the scenario that the Antichrist uses to take world control and to take control of the entire Earth. Because we know in the end times, the Antichrist will be in control of the monetary system and will be in control of buying and selling and all of these processes that go on within the earth that we are all involved in as human beings here. And we also know in Revelation that the black horse is one of the four horsemen of the apocalypse that's released and he causes scarcity and famine within the earth. Now that's most likely when that happens, God just sends mass famines and all of these things. But this could also be tied into this as well, where, you know, these people just start, start saying, well, you know, we're, we need to go to carbon zero. We can't farm anymore. You know, we need to go to carbon zero. There's too much carbon output having animals on the earth and using farming equipment. I mean, there's even talk right now of people in the UK, their, their electric bills are going to be too high this winter. They can't even heat their homes like they normally do. And we're seeing more news right now currently that diesel fuel in the, east, in the east coast of the United States is going to potentially run out soon. So the black horse that is unveiled that causes scarcity and famine in the earth could really just be 
the Antichrist beast system, putting in a control grid and a control system of zero carbon output, when we know is ridiculous. I mean, if people really believed that the oceans were going to rise and were going to destroy coastlines, first off, these people wouldn't be buying homes there. Secondly, banks would not be loaning out money to build properties on coastlines, yet there's no stoppage of that. But that type of control system could lead to the famine and scarcity. But again, back to the topic is really just, this is a faith-inspired climate justice and they're really pushing for world religious leaders around the world to come to this event. It says within on that website of their prophetic call and what they're, what they're expecting, what they're planning. And what they're planning is a big social media push. They're really encouraging religious leaders to come to cover the topic and to just be engaged in this. And of course, they're just like those Pope Francis articles that I mentioned. They're pushing these things in a way as if like it's a sin that we're using gasoline and doing any type of carbon output. So that's kind of where they're leading with this. Now, worth noting is this COP27 logo. And as you can see, I'll put up the comparison. You can see these like rays of sunlight is exactly tied to the type of Egyptian art of sun worship that was going on in Egypt back in the day, which is really kind of funny in a way because we really know the earth goes in cycles. The main controller of the weather of the earth is the sun. Just imagine the super volcanoes that have gone off on the earth before and people are complaining that people are driving their cars. The earth has gone through so many cycles and then these are the people who believe the earth is like, you know, billions of years old. I mean, just imagine the carbon output. They can look in the ice in Antarctica and they even say they believe the our carbon was way higher then and things were growing better. You can buy carbon at the gardening store and put it in your gardens because it makes the plants grow better. So it's just really insane all around. But I wanted to point out that logo because it really just represents the world religions coming together and worshiping the creation over the creator. And that's what they're doing. And of course, it's good for faith to get along. We should have open dialogue and be treating each other kindly. Of course, that's what we should be doing. But coming together in the sense like we all serve the same God, it's just different roads to one God, that's 100% false. The only way to the Father is through Jesus Christ, and that's the absolute truth. And anybody who actually gives Jesus a chance, starts living for him, praying for him, he will prove to you he's real. He does all the time for people who are living with him. Until that moment where you put your faith in him, he's not going to just give every NPC walking around just a moment of absolute insight. And he does for some of us. Thank God he did for me when I didn't know. But once you actually put your faith in him, then he proves to you all the time he's real. It's always interesting to see what these dictatorships do with the children because they always go for the children. And that's a good indicator of where your society or world is heading on how the children are being treated. So what will happen to the children in this final beast system? Now here's an excellent little breakdown of that. So what does the World Economic Forum, or apparently UNESCO, or the World Bank, or the OECD, or the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, or any of these people, what do they want with social-emotional learning? Well, we turn to, let's say, their godfather, Klaus Schwab, who we just made fun of. He's insistent. He wrote a book this year that is the Great Reset Book 2. It's, its title, excuse me, is, I kid you not, The Great Narrative for a Better World. The Great Narrative. Oh, for a better future. I'm sorry, I looked it up. It's for a better future. The Great Narrative for the better future. They're going to tell us the narrative so that we'll all go along with it like a bunch of idiots. 
or we're going to be brainwashed into it through conscientizing social-emotional learning. And he's insistent in this book that ESG is the key to a better future. It's what enables us to have a more, in the words he uses over and over and over again in almost all of his documents, a more sustainable and inclusive future. He insists that the way we get there is by breaking down our resistance to a public-private partnership in order to place, to, to, to enact this from the top down. And that's going to put tremendous pressure on corporations and eventually individuals to want to comply with ESG because there's this top-down pressure being put in through a public-private partnership where we break down the barrier between the public sector and the private sector. He says this explicitly. But there's also going to be a bottom-up movement. So if you don't if you think you can resist the top-down pressure and you don't want to go along with it and you're going to conduct business or your life the way that you want to, he says that's not going to work because your customers, your clients, your friends, your employees are going to demand it because we're going to make sure that the young people, he specifically names the millennials and Generation Z, are going to be led to need, to demand a world that doesn't cheat them, that doesn't threaten them with existential crises like pandemics, like um, climate change, and so on. So there's going to be a bottom-up movement also demanding an ESG-compliant social and political world, which will force other corporations to participate because they won't be able to get employees. Nobody wants to work in a company that's on the wrong side of history. They won't be able to um, keep customers because customers will start making their buying decisions and their, their, their other decisions in terms of social activism. And thus, you create these ESG metrics that are supposed to somehow facilitate that, and they say, well, ESG is going to predict long-term survivability while they're, in, while they're literally trying to create a customer base that won't buy anything else. So it's all a huge scam. ESG is a huge scam. Again, ESG is environmental, social, and governance scoring for investment capital in uh, the corporate sector that's then reinforced in the public sector. Our SEC here in the United States is already trying to back up ESG compliance. That's a public-private partnership. The old word for that under Mussolini back in the day was fascism. But there's also going to be a bottom-up youth cultural revolution. And that's where you need conscientization. That's where you need thought reform. That's where you need Frarian education. That's where you need social-emotional learning. He insists that shifting the culture this way doesn't just produce a bottom-up movement. It also produces a new social contract. He, in fact, says the old social contract has to go and we have to rewrite it so that we have a social contract befitting a sustainable and inclusive future. That means we need a cultural revolution. He doesn't say those words, but it's needed and it's all but guaranteed if they're allowed to push social-emotional learning through to the degree that they want to. So young people will demand, through SEL, they will come to demand ESG. They will come to demand a new society and a new culture. And so his education of the future based in SEL, is going to make sure that young people are groomed into believing that an ESG, sustainable driven world, or sustainable and inclusive better future is the only possible way forward. And they won't be able to live outside of that world. In other words, they will have a new sensibility. They will have a biological foundation for socialism driven into the level of their vital needs. To quote from Klaus, I could do this at length. I'm just going to do one short part of about six paragraphs. Um, Collectively redefining the terms of our social contracts is an epical task that binds the substantial challenges of the present moments to the hopes of the future. This is Klaus Schwab's book. As Henry Kissinger reminded us, the historic challenge for leaders is to manage the crisis while building the future. Failure could set the world on fire. That's kind of happening, right? Maybe they're failing. Take hope. 
While reflecting on the contours we think a future social contract might follow, we ignored or peril the opinion of the younger generation who will be asked to live with it. Their adherence is decisive, and thus, to better understand what they want, we must not forget to listen. This is all the more significant because the younger generation is likely to be more radical in its demands in the refashioning of our social contract. So the goal of social-emotional learning is to get the young people to demand a new world order. The goal of them is to build at the public-private partnership level the new world order that they're going to demand. In other words, they're capturing supply, that's them, and they're building demand in your children using social-emotional learning. That's what that's really about. This is what you would call, if you were a Marxist analysis or analyst, a two-headed vanguard or a two-pronged vanguard movement. Schwab's Marxism is a vanguard movement. In other words, you have an elite class that moves it along for the proletariat that won't do it itself. And it has two prongs, a top-down Lenin-style public-private partnership and a bottom-up youth-driven cultural revolution movement whose vital needs have been reorganized by social-emotional learning. And the purpose is to make the world ESG and sustainable development goals compliant in both the supply and demand dimensions. In other words, to build the new world, that's the supply, and find the people who will fill it, that's the demand, at the same time. And then to snap the trap into the Great Reset into a new world. For decades, people of our world have been being prepared for a coming alien invasion or alien contact. But those of us who've been paying attention understand that this is not going to be a connection with beings from another planet. These are interdimensional beings. These are demonic beings, fallen angels. And it's not like they've been putting all this time and energy into preparing us for this, for nothing to come of it. This is going to be something that we will see, I believe, very soon in this world. Here are some recent examples of how the beast system is preparing the people for one of Satan's greatest deceptions. Since the early 2000s, uh, we have seen an increasing number of unauthorized and or unidentified aircraft or objects in military-controlled training areas uh, and training ranges and other designated airspace.
uh, is um, uh, aircraft that is uh, operating in a, uh, uh, in a U.S. Navy uh, training range uh, that has observed uh, spherical objects uh, in that area. Uh, and as they fly by it, they take a video. You see a, um, it looks uh, reflective in this video, somewhat reflective, uh, and it quickly passes by uh, the cockpit of the, uh, of the aircraft. Is this one of the phenomena that we can't explain? The last several months, there's something unexplainable appearing in the night from the skies over Missouri to above the Pacific Ocean. It's not a satellite, it's not a meteor. All baffling pilots mid-flight. I don't know what the uh, common denominator is, but it's always at the bottom of the Big Dipper. Mark Holsey is a former F-18 fighter pilot. This August, he was piloting a private jet off the coast of Los Angeles when he says he saw as many as seven mysterious objects appearing to fly thousands of feet above him. This is audio from that night alerting air traffic control. Are they going out of circle? Maybe three aircraft. Roger, yeah, I don't know. You're not entering any military or space or anything. I'm not sure. The clip obtained by Ben Hansen, a researcher who has spoken to dozens of pilots of commercial flights that have recently had similar encounters. So it seems like it might be getting more frequent? It's either getting more frequent or it's getting noticed more. Okay, there it is. But while no one seems to know what they're seeing, Holsey is sure these fast-orbiting objects aren't satellites or any known military aircraft. There's nothing that flies that high. So the odds of it being a military aircraft doing high-G loads like that, it's just it's impossible. It's completely impossible. Does this phenomenon seem to be under intelligent control? That's the only thing it could be. I mean, it's either artificial or or biological. It all comes on the heels of a congressional hearing earlier this year where intelligence officials testified for the first time ever that there were about 400 new sightings of unidentifiable objects, adding UAP reports are frequent and continuing. Do you have the uh, No, I do not. And this latest wave of sightings from pilots could be just the beginning. I bet my life on it. There are many more pilots and a lot more videos that are going to come out. I know this is going to happen. I know what it is. Identified aerial phenomena are a potential national security threat. They need to be investigated, and many threats they pose need to be mitigated. Ten of our nuclear ICBMs were rendered inoperable. At the same time, a glowing red orb was observed overhead. Last week, we told you about a recent spike in UFO sightings here in this country. Well, now we know who has been tasked with solving the mystery. NASA has announced the 16 people who will spend the next nine months studying UFOs, among them former astronaut and retired U.S. Navy Captain Scott Kelly. The team will examine how the UFO data is gathered by public, local government, and other sources. The goal is to determine which sightings are natural and which ones simply cannot be explained. As always, I want to thank you guys for checking out my video. Cling close to Christ in these days, guys. He's the only one that's truly got our backs. We're entering into the end of days, the final chapter. So I want to thank you very much for watching my video. As always, take care of yourselves out there, alright? Hang in there, and I'll talk to you again real soon.